Welcome back, podcast listeners, episode 104. And Tony, you're here with me today. What were your thoughts last week on our footy podcast? Actually, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, so it's, uh, I'd like to say that I'm a passionate, not angry supporter. <laughs> so that, was, uh, that was the first statement you made coming back from Sydney to me. Yeah, I'm passionate, not angry. No, I, I actually thought it was uh, the analogies used were actually quite good. And, and as you know, I've quite often said that people who have been part of a team sport or just part of sport in general, someone who's done sport at a, you know, at a good, strong level, high level, doesn't have to be Olympic level or anything like that, they actually just learn the natural parts of discipline because they have to get up early to go training. You know, God help all the parents who have rowers and swimmers or even jockeys as children. So it's, uh, but it's, uh, but based on that, you know, I've always said they're the people who just have that natural discipline. They get up early because that's what they have to do and they've done their whole life. And they know you have to put in those hard work to actually get the results that you actually want. The results just don't come naturally. Yeah. Um, and, and on that, you know, the teamwork analogy was, was excellent, I thought. So it's uh, because it is about a team working together. It is about, you know, it's, you know, it, it's the thing about the Brownlow medal, isn't it? It's uh, when you have all you bl- bloody midfielders, because I'm looking at one. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a midfielder. You, you don't run. I was going to say, <laughs> so I'm, it's, uh, I'm not But runner. when you have the midfielders winning the Brownlow medal all the time, they forget about the, it was the ruckman who actually keeps getting the ball to them, you know, all the time, or the, the full forward who kicks the 100 goals is because of those uh, ruckman who gets it to the midfielder who gets it to the full forward. So I've, I think my only achievement in sitting at home is an encouragement award from about under 14 so I definitely haven't been around that, that Brownlow market I've got two attendance awards for gymnastics <laughs> when I was about six <laughs> so as, you, as you know I'm not really built like a gymnast so no but look today I guess you um you sent me a quote this morning and I think it's going to form the basis of this podcast uh, do you want to read it out yeah it was uh, I was in a session this morning and it was you know people are anxious to improve their circumstances but they're unwilling to improve themselves they therefore remain bound to their circumstances. And yeah. I, I thought that was actually good because I kind of live by the old adage that you can't... Um, and I've, I've had my trials and tribulations throughout my life without any doubt, you know, some really testing ones there. Um, but you can't improve the outside until you're actually healed or improve the inside. And that's the same with, you know, this quote, I just thought there are so many different analogies that you could use in that quote just in life uh, in general. But, you know, and and we were talking about, for example, people who will not hesitate to insure their car but won't insure their spouse. And that is just beyond me. So it's, uh, you know, so they've, in all my years, I've never had a claim on insurance uh, because I've never actually touched wood. Jess, should I touch Jamie's head at this stage? <laughs> so, but it's um, Knock on wood. but basically it's a case of that you know I've never had an accident. Now I pay for life insurance, so hopefully I don't die early. Yeah. I know I'll die one day, but it's um, it was interesting. I was in a session this morning, just quickly on that. I just found it. They had uh, listed life insurance as an asset, and sort of Sean and I turned to each other and we're like, "Is it really an asset? If you've got to, <laughs> you've got to die to get it?" <laughs> yeah, that uh, that was a. Uh, a one of Australia's largest insurers who I had a disagreement with one of their financial underwriters and when he asked me the way you've got this insurance structure just sounds like more like well a wealth management strategy and I said 
How he has to die <laughs> to get it. How is that wealth? How is that wealth creation strategy? Yeah. Is just beyond me. Not a good one. Yeah, so it's a, they haven't got a lot of business off me. That financial underwriter. So it's a. It was just beyond me. That that was the wealth creation. But you have got to die to get it. So yeah. wealth creation for your for your family, not so much for you. So, but it it really comes down to this part. And if if we think about the markets, so you know. People are anxious to improve their uh, circumstances, but they're unwilling to improve themselves. So if, if you think about all of our biases, and everyone has biases, yeah. you know, so, you know, even the Dalai Lama has biases. Everyone everyone has biases in the world. And if you think about the markets, analogy that was used the other day, which I thought was an excellent description of the Australian markets, where, you know, people were saying now, oh, the Australian market, it's earned 20% in the last 12 months. Isn't that magnificent? I forget it actually dropped 30% prior to that. So if you think of that from a round number basis, because uh, 20% is 30%, what does that actually mean? If you had $100,000 invested and that dropped to 700000 and you're focused on, oh, I made 20% in the last 12 months, you're just back to 84000 Why wouldn't you focus in the first place of not having your 100 drop to 70? Yeah. That should actually be the focus. So you have these biases of, you know, why aren't I in crypto or why aren't I in this or why aren't I in this share or this share? Because from our perspective, the biases are you're going to be far grumpier with me if that 100 dropped to 70 and after 12 months goes back to 84 than what you would be if that 100 dropped to 90 and is now worth 108. Yeah. You know, so, and, and that's the basis of it is that the upside might not have been 20%. But the downside wasn't 30. Uh, so overall, after two years, in that example I gave, uh, $24,000 better off. So over the space of two years, 24% better off. That's not bad, but by taking less risk. So, and this is the thing is that when you have these biases or anything in life where, you know, it's the the easy solution today we have, not, not as much in Australia, thankfully, uh, but definitely in the US, you know, we have this opioid epidemic uh, purely based on the fact that it's just really easy for a doctor to say, little Johnny's a little bit disruptive in class here, we'll give him a sedative for the rest of his life. And you've got these 13-year-old kids who are drug addicts, you know, because it's the only way you could get little Johnny, you know, God help you, me or Willard, you know, we would we would have all been, if we lived, grew up in the US, we would have all been medicated. <laughs> so it's... Um, uh, your attention deficit disorder as a kid. <laughs> your mum's told me the stories. So it uh, wasn't too bad. Actually, it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Honesty is awesome. So when, when you think about this is that when it comes to investments and things like that too, it's that it's sticking to the plan. So you want this improvement, but if you can't you know, improve your inside feelings, you're going to always be all over the place. So that plan is to obviously be in a better position, say, in a decade than what you are today. That's the ultimate goal, you know. So, and if that better position in a decade than what you are today uh, is a case of that you've got all this inner turmoil and every time the markets go down, you go into a mad panic and want to go into cash and every time the markets are up at peaks, oh, look what it's done, I'll put my money back in the market now. You actually, you know, in 10 years' time, you're probably going to have far less money than what you would have had. Yeah. Uh, so this is that, you know, unwillingness to improve themselves but want that improved outcome. Yeah. Um, and, and that's in 
yeah, weight loss. That's in, uh, you know, as, as you know, we, we, well, if anyone who follows us on LinkedIn, you know, we had, um, I do transcendental meditation uh, twice a day, but we had um, a, you know, a person Med- come in here. Meditation Centre. Yeah, to actually uh, Melbourne Meditation Centre to teach all of our staff meditation. Now, there are people in here who already do it. I know you've sort of done it haphazardly. Uh, Willard does it. Um, I'm trying to get my boys involved in it a Patrista bit more as well. It. Oh, Patricia. Well, Patricia went on a 10-day silent camp doing it. So, yeah, she takes it very seriously without yeah. a doubt. So, it, but it, that's about improving who you are on the inside which then the outside just naturally improves. So you talk about that biases and, and you know, we all have biases in here as well. Um, Absolutely. And do you want to touch on how we try to improve Kofkin Bond in regards to our investment? So we, we don't believe that we're like, you know, we're not all just saying we're the best at everything and that's why we seek outside help as well um, with our biases. Absolutely we do. So it's sometimes you have to be open to understand that sometimes you just might be wrong. Yeah. And if you're not open, so, and I'll give, let me go back to the meditation. I'll use this as a metaphor for Tony Kofkin. Yeah. I've 29 years in the industry, which would suggest that I've got a lot of experience. But I know other people have been in the industry just as long as me who have 29 one-year experiences. They've never, they've never done anything to improve their knowledge or uh, look at the markets and still chasing their tail or letting their emotions get the best of them. Don't get me wrong, I am a passionate supporter of football. <laughs> so I am a passionate man on that basis. But it's a case of that I have to sometimes accept the fact that I'm just wrong. Now, if I go in, I've got my biases, obviously, without any doubt. But if I go into a meeting and my bias is there, I'm actually not going to seek outside help. I'm not going, because I'm not going to allow it, because that outside help might differ with my biases. I mean, you are joking just before. You know, half of my best friends are certainly on the opposite side of politics to me and are very passionate about it. Yeah. But these, these people are my some of my best friends, you know, and people that I, you know, greatly admire as well. But it doesn't mean that their biases are wrong. We actually can have an open civil conversation with each other. So if I go back to, I've probably learned that over the last several years through my meditation and more, more recently, definitely the transcendental meditation, is that you have to go, it sounds ridiculous in a way, but you have to go into everything with a completely blank mind and open to listen. Doesn't mean you have to accept but if you don't have that attitude in the first place, you can never improve. Now, we look after a lot of money. You know, we're, we're basically the custodians of what I call the guardians of hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars. Based on that, you know, we're not going to get it right every time, but I can't let it to ever go drastically wrong. Yeah. So I have to seek, you know, outside help. And, and then those people that we speak to, what are their biases? Yeah. So as an example... Now, for five years, people were saying, oh, the growth market is going to terribly crash and you should just be in value. Now, if you went flocking across to their biases, you'd have really underdone yourself. And now the value market has gone up, you know, quite well over the last several months. Oh, value is the one to go into. And that's that's like, yeah, but for how long? So what have we done? We've, we've had a really good exposure to both areas. We've had that really good exposure to technology. You know, you know me, I'm, I like the idea of technology. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so it's, Use a uh, few buzzwords every now and then. But I think that's the point I was trying to get to. It's we, we make sure that we, we have a lot of meetings in here and you know, there's a lot of time spent that 
you know that you can't write down as a value but it's just listening to ideas and listening to other people's beliefs i mean the time spent i've actually put an hour on it the time spent is basically for our clients is roughly around about six hours per year per hundred thousand dollars they have invested with us so you know so from that perspective the amount of meetings and, and knowledge and learning and, and decisions. And sometimes, you know, we've done 30 hours worth of work and the decision is to not change a thing. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's purely based on that we're not, there's no reason to change, we're comfortable with this, but it, that doesn't mean we haven't done the work to get to that point of stating no. And it's no different than, you know, Jamie, when we do the due diligence even by business for ourselves is that due diligence, we might walk away from a deal after spending 40, 50, 60, 100 hours on that deal and actually walk away from it. But sometimes, you don't know uh, because we haven't bought it, but sometimes that is the best decision you can actually make. Now, we very rarely get to that stage without liking it or wanting it, but you know, there's, there's a whole range of things that have to be considered here. Um, and that's where those biases, but it all comes back to understanding yourself, understanding your biases and continually wanting to improve, but don't just improve within your comfort zones. Uh, get, get outside opinions, get outside ideas. I mean, you have a look at our, uh, our environmental portfolio, where once upon a time to be in an ethical portfolio just meant you had to forego returns. It's been, it's been a magnificent performer. Yeah. You know, so, and for people who are, you know, front of mind, extremely concerned or extremely passionate about climate change, they haven't had to forego, you know, financial returns to actually achieve a good return. And we've got other clients who, realistically, I wouldn't know what their biases are either side. They just like the idea of the risk and return of that portfolio. Correct. So it's it all comes down to once again though, is unless you're open to learning new ideas, you're not going to improve yourself and you're always going to be reactive and you're never going to be able to stay calm during a crisis. And even when COVID hit, you know, we sat down as management and we didn't have a clue what was going to happen. But in regards to the markets, I made one comment uh, when we sat down and said, what do we do here? And I made one comment and that was, the thing that I'm positive about this time is the markets have gone down, but it actually hasn't been due to corruption. Yeah. So from that perspective, we're not going to panic. And the great news is, is we're holding 30-odd percent to 40-odd percent in defensive assets that we can now deploy into stock that are now cheap. It was the Boxing Day sale. The only thing with the markets, you don't quite know when Boxing Day is. No. But, it's, but that's one, once again, though, not reacting and being calm. And we, we had a prospective client who decided not to go with us. Uh, but he had an advisor who, you know, during when COVID hit, put him to cash and some 13 months later still sitting in cash. Yeah, and now, now I'm wanting to know is it the right time to get well, it. We, well, we actually, <laughs> we, you didn't go to cash and get a zero-sum game. He went into cash after he'd lost already 20% yeah. of his portfolio. And that basis, we're talking nearly 600,000 of his portfolio never went back into the market and he, well, to put it bluntly, he, he thought our fees were too high. And it's just like, mm, it would have been nearly a million dollars better off if you're our client right now. Uh, but that's fine, that, that was his decision. 
So he had his biases, what he was focused on. We have our biases um, in respect to we look at outcomes and always look at outcomes. And yes, we look at outcomes over the longer term, but it doesn't mean we can ignore the short term as well. You know, so we just we just ignore the noise. But that comes down to all of us being able to stay calm. Not it doesn't always happen, but be able to stay calm uh, in situations to be able to look at the fundamentals and say, I don't know. I mean, you know, even before I came in here, I've made several phone calls uh, to other people who have specialists who are specialists in certain fields uh, that we have a lot of money to deploy to. Uh, but at the at the end of the day, it's not our area of expertise. We just like the risk return on it, so we need to do we need to learn a lot more before actually moving and into that as well. We, and that's why we always won't go to just one source either. We, we go and get our education and, and learn off as many as we can. Uh, and as you know, I mean, you put the number on it. That's that's basically a two hundred thousand dollar job for us, and we don't get paid. Yeah just from understanding and bettering ourselves and these are the things but hopefully that adds tens of millions of dollars over time to our clients portfolios and that's the whole idea of it but you have to be open uh, to that once again I still have my biases I still know what I am but if I'm not open to understanding what those biases are and it's not necessarily getting someone to change them uh, Willard was the quote you put in the um the newsletter from the 350-year-old, well, it was 350 years ago, the philosopher, is, um, what was it about being right? Uh, how to change someone's mind by telling them that they are right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it's uh, correct. I like that. Yeah. So it's, Jamie, you're right. Yeah. Now listen to me. I don't normally get that off you, though. I don't normally hear that you're right, but... <laughs> Well, no, we, 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 we have... We work so, through the conversation. We work through the conversation. <laughs> you, you you usually keep quiet and hear me out. <laughs> and then once once my voice is gone and I've stopped ranting, it's a case of, okay, here's what we'll do. <laughs> so it's, I've um, figured it out from there. Yeah, that's right. So it's... Uh, Tony, yep. it was good to have you back in this week. Thank um, you. And we do have some exciting interviews and, and guests in the next few weeks as well. We do, you know, so we've got a couple uh, lined up, uh, hopefully if they're down in Melbourne but we think they will be uh, we're just trying to confirm it at the moment for reconciliation week yep. um, with uh, you know the Aboriginal community so that, that will be two very high profile people so hopefully both of them will be able to be part of it that will be excellent and you know got got some really strong personal stories in some of the in some of the podcasts uh, that we've got booked over the coming months as well so uh, they are going to be very very interesting interviews you know it's interesting though Jamie because our topic today none of those interviews are going to be based on how to turn a dollar into two no they're all going to be based on the self-improvement on the inside and healing trauma and the outside and basically helping everyone make the world a better place. So I'm looking forward to those interviews. So am I. Thanks for today, Tony. Thank you. The Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co., which we are an authorised representative of Gown Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Kafka Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. 
do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Pond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond and Co. and the host of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.